Think about it. Absorb it. Add a little flavor to your life. Soak the knowledge. Let it steep. Marinate on that. You're listening to Marinate on That. Your decisions are largely influenced by what's around you. Does this include your environment? Objects in your surroundings, they trigger certain thoughts and desires, causing us to behave in certain ways. Why is it important to change your environment? Today's guest, Kedra King. Kedra shares her journey on how changing her environment led her to a healthy, holistic lifestyle. All right, Kedra, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Tell um, us a little yeah. bit about yourself. Uh, so I'm Kedra, uh, born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. After graduating, I went to Northern Kentucky University and lived up there for a number of years. My area of study there was political science. From there, I started working on political campaigns, which I've done for probably about the last 15 years. Worked on Capitol Hill for about six or seven years, then came back and worked for government. So that's kind of like my professional background. Today's topic, the importance of changing your environment around you will allow you to change your mindset. I want you to go a little bit more in detail about your college career. Yeah, so I am a strong believer that uh, the universe has just taken care of me in perfect timing. Um, I and have impact 
um, policy. And um, so it's, it's just been an amazing journey. And uh, so I did that for a number of years, uh, worked for, worked on Johnny Arnold's first campaign when he first ran against Ann North. He is the congressman uh, for, he represents Jefferson County, Louisville. For Louisville, Kentucky, uh, okay. Yeah, and in 2010, and you know, it's crazy. So first of all, we unseated a 10-year incumbent whom everyone thought we were not going to unseat. And I remember the night that we won that it was just like magical. There was so much national press that was in town. And I remember, I can't remember what station it was, one of the national media was just like, okay, Kentucky, this seat has just flipped to Democrats. Like, this is going to be a good night from the Democrats. Because our race was like one of the first races to come in. Yeah, so I think that you being a Afro-American woman in Kentucky, working with, you know, working in politics, that's that's pretty big. I don't care what role it is. I mean, I mean that's that's big. Yeah, it was a um, it was an amazing time and experience. I'm forever grateful for that. I'm really grateful that you know Congressman Yarmouth took a chance on me because I, I was straight out of college. Like this man is taking a chance on me. I changed my major my senior year of college to political science. I remember my mother saying to me, I cannot believe you're changing your major again. We are not going to keep paying for your education. And a degree in political science is a waste of time and money. You are a black girl in Kentucky with an afro and a nose brand. I don't know why you think you're going to play in this uh, good old boy's arena. When I graduated, I just overdid it, honestly. I can't even say that I even learned anything that last year. Like, I got to get through this. I found out later on when my mom and I had a conversation that it was really just one of concern and love because she did the same thing. She wanted a career in politics, ran for office, and those good old boys didn't let her end up just working in state government, but miserable, right? And it was really just fear because my mother had already been through it and I had no idea. I had no idea that my mom had even run for office or had aspirations or anything. Wow. Talk about talk about uh, your being passed down in the genes. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll take it a step further to being passed down in the genes, which was mind-blowing to me. So uh, we were, I remember a couple of years ago, my aunt had a heart attack. We went to Columbus to see her. This is my mother's sister. And while we were at the house, my other aunt's house, I stumbled upon this book, The Apples of Agnes. And it is the legacy of my family. And it starts with Agnes, who is a slave, uh, who I, I am the seventh generation and descendant of Agnes. And I read this book and I'm like, man, my granddad was like the man in politics. He was a legislative district chair and he was just so heavily involved in like political life in Louisville. I do believe that if we as people had a, had a greater understanding and a little bit more knowledge of who we are and where we came from, you know, it would answer a lot of questions. Yeah, I mean, what little I've done with my life. I remember reading that book thinking, damn, I'm an underachiever. I am not doing anything with my life that Agnes's grandkids didn't do. And her children weren't. But Agnes's grandchildren. So this is what? Two generations of slavery? Agnes's grandchildren were the first ones in my family to go to college. Where would I be different in my life had I known this information and understood who I was at such a young yes. age? Wow. Um, but it, I had a full circle moment because right before I left to go on this journey, I tried to find the book because I was like, my aunt 
would let me take a copy of the book. The book isn't isn't uh, out anymore. Right. And I did a search, and I found it at the Library of Congress. Yeah. So before I le- I flew out of New York to begin my journey in Israel, I stayed in D.C. for a couple of days, then went to New York to catch my flight. And while I was there, I went to the Library of Congress. And um, because I'm no longer dad, I wasn't allowed to check anything out. Somebody, I actually had to get a friend to even get me into the Library of Congress. But the staff there the Library of Congress was so amazing. I told them, like, you all, I said, I was trying to find this book on my family's legacy, and I couldn't find it. This is the only place that has it. And I was like, it's okay if I can't check it out. I totally understand. I was like, can I make copies? Yeah, can you make copies? Yeah, and he was like, I got you one better. He was like, here's a dumb drive to scan every page of that book for you and sent me on my way. It's like, and that's how I began my journey. That's like, why I'm saying, let's jump in this journey. Me. I want you to go more into this journey because it's a, it's a pretty big jump, girl. It is and it isn't, you know? So I always... I mean, for you and I, yes, outside looking and in. It probably is odd to people. Like, what the hell is she doing with her life? Right, right. <laughs> um, I, you know... At that time, I was working for Metro Government. Um, president Sandy had decided he was going to retire. He was the president of the Metro Council for two terms. And he was like, you know, my kids are getting older. This is very much so time-consuming. And I really just want to focus on family and go into the private sector. Right. And he called and told me this. And he was, like, worried about me, which was so funny. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, right. I'm like, whatever. I'm going to go see the world. Um, because at the time I was dating someone I had met when I was in Trinidad on holidays some years before, and he and I started dating. So I was doing a, a long-distance relationship. Right. And uh, what would happen was that every other month, we would just meet up in a different country and spend about two or three weeks together. Talk about and adventure. Then, yeah, it was dope. Because, you know, originally, I would always go to Trinidad, and he would always come to Kentucky, or we would go to New York, because he has family in New York. And I don't know what changed, but I just remember one day we were just like, the world is so big. Why do we just keep going to Kentucky, New York, and Trinidad? Yeah, let's just meet in different places. And it was dope. And, like, we saw the world together. So at the time, I was already thinking about, you know, looking for opportunities outside of the country and all this other stuff. And uh, so when David said that to me, I was like, cool. We're just going to go and pack up and see the world then. Right. Um, because I wasn't having any luck finding job opportunities in Trinidad, and he, he was, he's a civil engineer, and he wasn't having much luck with getting a work visa here. Um, so we just kind of decided, you know, maybe we, we spend some time together and see the world together. And uh, because, mind you, we had never been in the same city. Never left city. We never lived in the same country. Right. So this was our time to really just be and see how serious we were. And then things happened, and we ended up calling it quits. Uh, and I still decided to go on the journey. So after that, how, what other countries did you go Did you go visit? And now, where do you reside? Yeah, so my journey was supposed to just be one year. That was four months in Africa, three months in Asia, three months in the Mediterranean, and then two months in South America, and then I would come back to the States. That was what was supposed to happen. I did my four months in Africa and uh, did Israel and then worked my way up north where I am now to Chiang Mai. And I caught the flu uh, probably about 
two or three weeks before my visa expired. Two or three days, excuse me, before my visa expired. And I wasn't in a position to travel. So I ended up having to go and get an extension. And they gave me a month extension. That month has now turned into, I've been here for a year. Let me ask, yeah. you, let me ask you this question. How did you leave government? And, and I don't mean physically, mentally. Leaving a comfortable and familiar situation in place, that is not just something that anyone can do. So here's the thing. Is it really healthy to be in a place of familiarity if you're not happy, right? So, yeah. And I will say, coming from federal government, state government was a big adjustment. And I don't think I totally adjusted ever. And I was in state government for years. I don't really think I could be adjusted. Well, let me ask you this. There was two strikes. I mean, I don't want to do this. But then when you were traveling, not only did you go through a breakup, but then you caught the flu. So that is um, as far as relationship transition and then a health issue. How did you get through those two those two things? I'm even now where I am, I'm still figuring out what what I want to do now because I'm in a different space. I think that's where I am now. And I think that I'm definitely living my my best life now. And it's interesting because I think this is probably, in my whole entire life, I have probably had the least amount of money right now than I've ever had. In the happiest. And I've probably had more uncertainty um, as it pertains to what I'm supposed to be doing with my life and not having a title or anything like that. But this has probably been one of the happiest times and healthiest. Honestly, I think it is by far the healthiest time. Can you say that again? Um, (laughs) I mean, were you scared? I mean, we have changes. I mean, first of all, a lot of Americans are scared to move um, outside not only the comfort zone, but the country. You had language barriers. And where do, yeah. where, where do you go? I mean, what about ta- taxes, insurance, you know, medical? That's one thing people are afraid of. You know, they, they're they scared that there's no kind of uh, medical services available in, in communities outside the United States, you know? Where am I going to find job? Are, as much as we think we live in a free democratic society, it is amazing how much propaganda is thrown at us that we believe and we don't know any better. Um, and I'll give you the example. I remember... Um, um, I went to Cuba in 2014, I think. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, the group that I went with, it was through GLI. A lot of us, not all, but a number of us worked in government or whatever. And I remember one of the other women was like, ooh, I hope I don't get sick over there in Cuba. You know, I have modern medicine. And I was like, have you? Are you stupid? Are you stupid? That's what I said. I was like, are you stupid? That's the And she was like, I hope they were clean. I'm thinking like, dude, it was so clean. It was cleaner than a tattoo place here in the United States. I, I'm going, I want to just go back to get a tattoo. It was so clean. <laughs> but you asked, unbeknownst to us, and I don't know why, propaganda, whatever, ill-informed by choice. <laughs> you know, we rank very low when it comes to other countries as it pertains to healthcare. You know, it's just a misconception, but I think, you know, changing the, to me, I think it's more about changing the mindset, more so than changing the environment. Because you can 
is really about a being open and wanting to change your mindset. How did you change your mindset? Huh? How did you change your mindset?
but they were on a different journey than you. You could stay a month if you wanted to. They can only stay for a week. When you are in your, when you are transitioning into, I always say a new life, new living, there will be times where you don't mean to hurt people's feelings or there will be relationships that may drift apart but that's because Mm -hmm. you're on a different path and someone else is on a different path so when you said i hope no one gets mad at you there there's no reason for anyone to get mad at at anyone because that's just the journey you you are on and i think people needed to hear that because that is one of the the fears that people face when they transition into it's not only just traveling but it could be hey I'm going to, I mean, as easy as starting a family and you were the single girl and now and, and now I'm the single girl and the girl who decided to have three kids are no longer friends. It doesn't matter. It, it's just that you wanted a, you started a new new journey in life. And yeah. that's one thing that I feel that people need to um accept. There there should never be there should never be hard feelings towards anybody because we everyone has their own journey. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because that's important yeah. for people to understand. And, and really, I think I should have said, I hope no one is offended because what I don't want people to think is that I don't want them to join me on my journey. That's what I was more concerned about is people thinking like, well, I don't plan to meet her unless you know what I'm saying? But I also didn't want to give this idea of like, I don't want people right. to see, I don't want people to come along on the journey. As you already stated, like, I'm just on a different journey. Right. I have a whole month and you have seven days and I understood why they were responding in the way that they were of trying to do everything yes, yes. all day, every day. I was it was able I was able to accept that and then move on and it wasn't a space of stress for me and feeling like they wearing me out. And what I often say in my meditation and my prayer is you know, the universe you know my heart and you know what I need and what it's not good. And I'm not always clear on people that should and should not be in my life. So I'm always asking for more of a discerning spirit. But I also ask the universe to just remove people from my life that shouldn't be there. To me, that is the universe asking. The universe is responding to my ask. And we should address that because I think we become familiar and comfortable with those that were in our um, life before. And not under, and and a lot of people, that's part of self-awareness. You have, you have come into self-awareness because you have to understand a lot of people are not self-aware everyone is not supposed to be on the journey with me so maybe they're only in your life for that month and that's all they were supposed to be do you feel not only um physically and i and i mean and i mean Mm -hmm. physically as far as location of identifying and also your transition mentally how has this affected you as far as this change have you arrived or do you feel that you are on a path that is going to take you are there any new revelations that have come into your into your life as much as i do my affirmations and everything else i second i second guess everything that i i think about and um you know i, I fast every month um and during that time i get so much clarity and this week i've received so many confirmations from so many different people from people who literally just met me to people who have known me uh being here in Shanghai for a little bit that have just said like you really need to move forward with this whole holistic living and talking about that and and, and putting 
familiar with. So I think that that's scary within itself. You know, that's one reason I invited you as a guest because I want other people to see your transformation. Not only your physical as far as your outside transformation, um, your beautiful skin glowing and you just smiling and running through the waterfalls, but <laughs> but <laughs> but just all around. <laughs> but you know and surrounded by all these uh amazons that are this beautiful bed but anyways but i want people to see we need to see more of that as women yeah. of color there's not enough of us it's it's the titles it's sitting in the office with a suit on or you know lawyer no we are we are also a plethora of things as well yeah yeah and i think for me uh i when I think about it more and more, it's like, how do I connect with that audience, right? Because that was me. Um, and I'm not saying that the way that I've chosen to live my life will work for everyone, but I do think holistic living presents and brings out the best in me, right? An attorney, a doctor, whoever, I think it will just put them even further at the top of their game. Exactly. And, and that's why they need to see your journey. I want people to understand, too, you can be satisfied within your career, but unhappy. But why are you unhappy? It's not the career because they may, you may have the passion for it. But maybe it's mentally as far as mental clarity, the foods you eat, the people you are around. Yeah. You don't have to change your, your career to be happy. Some people love doing that. And that's one yeah. thing that I try to get across is that you can be in corporate America and still be happy but you have to realize that food and the people you surround yourself with and the way your mind works, you have to, and meditation, mm -hmm. you have to incorporate these ways within your life so you can be happy and so you can be greater in that position. Yeah. I mean, you, you really hit it on the nail. It's, everything is connected. You know, the air we breathe to our, you know, how we start our morning. Are we starting it in meditation and in gratitude? Um, to, you know, even what we're consuming on television, right? Well, that's not um, going to create a healthy life. And, the, and that's, like I said, it's, so, it's the universal flow. When you wake up in the morning, now, how do you feel to when you were uh, working in government? I wake up every morning in a space of peace, in a space of happiness, and in a space of gratitude. I don't have to force myself to do anything that I don't know I'm called to do or that my spirit wants to do that day. And my body, my spirit will tell me what it needs. And I kind of go from there. I don't have any expectations of what the day has, and I just flow with it. In the States, I learned maybe like the last couple of years. Like, I used to wake up in a frantic mess and it's all over the place and I realized it's this daggone alarm. I wake up to a buzzer. Like, yeah, I, I end up changing my alarm to heart playing. So right. even something as, as small as like waking up to the sound of heart playing versus a buzzer going off in your ear driving crazy, like really changed the mood of my morning. Ever. I've always hated to get up. Um, I move here, I get up every morning between 5.30 and 6.30 a.m. Wow. Never do that in the States. Wow. Um, what, what, what about the physical change? The phys oh, gosh. The physical change has been crazy. I've lost, I've lost 100 pounds in a year. Wow. Yeah, I lost 100 pounds. Oh, I didn't either shit, girl. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, I did lose a lot of weight. Let me ask you this. How do you, your food intake? Um, I pretty much eat whatever I want to eat, as long as it's not animal. What's the difference as far as the type of food? Well, A, it's all plant-based. So you're a vegan. So, Were you vegan before? Um, so I, when I first started my journey, so I'll 
say this. I told you about the whole breast cancer scare. So that made me go pescatarian. And then um, when I was in Bali, I did seven-day yoga and meditation retreat, and they had us on a vegan alkaline diet. And I felt, it was a seven-day retreat, and I felt amazing. I was like, I'm going to be a vegan. Uh-huh. And it was like really that simple. Yeah. And the people that I was around at that time, they were all vegan or vegetarian. That made the transition for me even easier. I went vegan because, and I had nothing to do with animals and all that other stuff, is because if we are trying to always have positive energy, and then we consume food from animals who die under, you know, distress, ailments, and all this other stuff, and then we consume. Yeah, that's dead energy. We become that. Yeah, so now we're eating negative energy, but yet we're sitting there meditating and doing yoga and doing all this stuff. Yeah, and that made so much sense to me, and that's what made me say, you know what? That's right. And I, I, the energy that I can control around me, I want. It's a lot of things that go with it because if you're not disciplined, disciplined enough to change a habit, any kind of habit like that, I, food is a habit. Really, for diet purposes, you won't be able to stick with it. Give give the people something to marinate on. Ah, give the people something. Put me on the spot. Something to marinate on. Okay, if I wanted to change my environment, what are the first steps that I need to take and it and it's not just outside the United States if I just wanted to change my environment overall yeah. career new city new state new country bad marriage where do I start you do it I think that's part of the problem like we always talk about it instead of just doing it if possible do your research before so that you're not going into it completely blind it's really simple like Nike has been telling us that the universe tells us of all the time over and over. You ain't got to figure this out and explain it to anybody else. If you don't want to be in this marriage, then don't be in it. Right. So that means you, and ain't no point in living your life and being miserable. Regardless of what other people have to say and say, at the end of the day, you have to be responsible for yourself and you have to take care of yourself. You are the only one that is going to be with you on this entire journey. Oh, can we, can you go ahead and, and drop us your handle where to find you? On Instagram, I am keeping up with Kedra. Um, and then on Facebook, it's just my name, Kedra King, K-E-I-D-R-A, Kedra King. Awesome. Thank you again. I appreciate you. Thank you. And 